Welcome to Moving Upstream Without a Paddle, the podcast that helps develop a mindset for success. I'm your host, Dr. Garrett Goggins, but most people call me Dr. G. Now, I've dedicated my life to helping others understand that if you have the proper mindset, you can propel yourself up that proverbial stream with no paddle needed. Now, if you're constantly feeling like you're going against the flow, but you're never happy with your results, it's really time to flip your mindset. If that's something that you're ready to do, you've come to the right place. Now let's get to it. All right, so I am here with Flip Aguilera. Like I said, a very special guest for today. And we are um, also, like I said, this is day three of 30 days of podcasting in November. So uh, pretty excited to have this one going on. Um, Flip, like I said before, you know, what I typically do is just have you kind of just tell about yourself and really what you're inspired to tell you know, what story it is you're inspired to tell to the listeners, and then we'll just kind of go from there. So I'll just hand you the mic and we'll just take it away. All right. So my name is Flip Awesome Aguilera. And yes, awesome is my literal middle name. It is on my license. Uh, So let's say I'm a holistic health coach. And what does that mean? You know, when I say that, Garrett, what do you think that means when I say holistic health coach? Well, holistic in general is all encompassing right so um you just go from probably from health to mind to spiritual to pretty much all of it huh depending on the person that's sitting in front of me that is exactly what we will do and you know i try not to be very dogmatic or very narrow-minded in my approaches and i used to be (laughs) i used to very much be so as we get into uh i guess some of my story how did i even get to where i am today so uh let's see the the way i like to start my story is in december 18th 1978 the universe saw it fit (laughs) to spit me out into the planet in a little place or not not a little place but uh, a popular place called miami florida um i grew up you know i grew up in part of the hood in miami so not in the the prettiest places of miami which miami does have a lot of pretty places with the ocean and the green and the palm trees and i moved around a lot growing up so you know first grade i was in one school second grade i was in a different school third and fourth grade i was in a different school fifth grade I went to another school sixth grade I went to another school and then seventh and eighth I was in the same school and then I went to the same high school all the way through and you know a lot of times people talk about your all right I've I've overheard people say things like oh you know when you have a kid you need to give them stability and they should you know be in the same thing and I couldn't disagree with that more I think part of what makes me who I am is my ability to be able to meet anybody anywhere in a new environment and i think the way that i grew up helped me with that so what i'm trying to say is the stories that we tell ourselves about things really matter you know like the people who say oh you should keep your child in one school or whatever you know maybe they don't even know it but they're creating somebody who's not going to be able to go around and meet people as easily as somebody like me who who was forced to and i never gave myself a negative story about it it was always like oh i get to meet new people and i love meeting people so it's all good let's go meet more people so that was how i grew up you know bouncing around a lot in high school i was uh i was very musically inclined and athletically inclined not very academically inclined I, w- I went to school mostly to socialize and have a good time. And I did do all those things. You know, I was in the band, which I very much appreciate now that I'm older, that it gave me such a, a musical robustness that I wasn't stuck at just listening to the things that were on the radio. I got this, you know, large amount of music thrown at me of every type of genre, every type of everything. And I w- learned to appreciate that at a young age. Um, let's see. So high school now. I've been dancing salsa for a long time. And part of my story really has to do with salsa because salsa is how I met my now ex-wife, but it's also the mother of my two adult children. So I have two children, 20 and 18 years old. And it was about a month before I graduated high school that 
their mother and I even met. Like we knew who we were in high school, but because she was in one club and I was in another, we we didn't get along. <laughs> you know, because you know, in high school, it's like, oh well, the, you're in that you're in that tribe, and I'm in this tribe, so right. we can't get along. So I didn't meet her until a month before I graduated. And that's that I was popular and she was popular too. But again, although we never spoken to each other, the stories we were telling ourselves about each other was that we didn't like each other. Right. But a month before school ended, you know how at the end of the school year, you usually have a talent show and things like that. Yeah. So we did that. And uh, my, a friend of mine and myself, we did a, a salsa, what's called a salsa rueda, which is when you switch partners throughout the song and then it looks very circular right. and we did that and we were looking for new or people to dance with us and we put out a you know like an ad in the school like oh we need people to dance and she came and according to her when she tells the story or used to tell the story the second i grabbed her to dance that was it <laughs> she was oh, like yeah. i don't know why i don't like this guy <laughs> <laughs> and little did we know that that moment a month later was going to become her being my girlfriend and then little did we know that the day that we started dating which was the day after i graduated high school that four months later we would be living on our own adulting <laughs> or or what we thought was adulting at the ages of 18 and 17 which are younger yeah. than our children are now yeah. wow that's crazy so that's that's how we that's how that got started you know two years after that i had my son two years after that i had my daughter and that relationship lasted from that moment in high school till we got divorced was approximately 10 years now in those 10 years our my lifestyle was very different than the holistic health lifestyle that i have now mm -hmm. so in my 20s my nine to five was with a liquor distributor so i was around alcohol all day my evening side hustle that i had for myself was i would run poker tournaments throughout south florida so alcohol all day alcohol and gambling at night and then on the weekends i was a very big part of the electronic music and djing culture of miami and south beach and i dj'd in some places and a lot of my friends were in that world and we were you know basically we were very known people in the nightclubbing scene of South Florida, Miami, South Beach, and all that stuff. So Monday through Friday, alcohol during the day. Monday through Friday, alcohol and gambling at night. And weekend, alcohol plus whatever other thing you want to imagine. <laughs> you know, being, being in, you know, Miami where everything is there. Yeah. So that lasted till about 2007. In 2007, I sold the poker business and I also got divorced. Now, the poker business was a good sell at the time, but then a year later, it ended up not being so good because what happened in 2008 was the financial crisis. Mm -hmm. And the guys who bought it from me, they ended up bankrupt. And once they ended up bankrupt, they didn't have to keep paying me anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it was a win, but it was a loss. But that's life, right? So, so I sold the poker business, I got divorced, and all of a sudden I had all this time. I had all this time that was filled with doing, you know, with being with my wife, kids, and doing the poker that now the wife and kids moved out, poker was not there, so again, I just had all this time. So what ended up happening is a lot of people, when they go through a separation or go through a divorce a lot of them want to go party right they, it's like oh let's go to the bar let's go to the club let's go to any of these places and of course all those places were the places i didn't want to go to because everybody that both my wife and i knew were in all those places there, right? so so there was no escape there yeah so long story short a friend of mine who used to be a dj as well he had gotten into biking now i did not know what type of biking at that moment but he got into biking and we connected and he's like, hey, why don't you come biking with me? And me with all this extra time was like, sure, let's go biking. So I show up at this place called Markham Park in South Florida. And in my mind, I'm thinking we're going to go biking like in the park, you know, around the park, just nice flat ground because Florida's flat <laughs> and just right around the park. And little did I know 
that was going to be my introduction to mountain biking. Mm. <laughs> and so we get there. I meet up with the friends and they're like, here, here's this bike. Here's a helmet. Take this. We're going to go into these trails. And I'm like, oh, okay, what are, what are these trails? They're like, just, just come on. Don't worry about it. So we go into the trails and within two minutes of going into these trails, I'm already like, why did you bring me here? I'm going to fall and break myself. This is, I thought we were just going to ride around the park. What are you doing? Taking me to this place where I'm going to fall on a boulder. And of course they start laughing at me and eventually they stop. And they're like, oh, so what do you think so far? And I'm like, this is crazy. I didn't know we were going to do this. This is not what I was mentally prepared for at all. Right. And they're like, well, that was the warm-up. So if you want to leave, you can go, but we're going to keep going. And I look at them, I'm like, that's the warm-up? <laughs> like, <laughs> what's the rest of this like? And I had to end up going with them because, number one, I didn't know how to get out of there. Right. <laughs> and I was like, well, I have to go, so let's go. So we go, I make it through the through the through that ride and at the end, you know, they're like, Oh, so really now what did you think? And I'm like, That was crazy. I did not know that we were gonna do anything like that. So again they start laughing at me, but on my way home that day, I'm thinking to myself, as I'm feeling exhausted from this mountain biking <laughs> experience, <laughs> that I can't let these guys laugh at me like this and I'm gonna go back. So I started going back every day. So much so that from that day, that first day, to a year later, I went from being a complete novice to racing mountain bikes. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Now, within that year, there were a few obstacles and things that I needed to figure out. And the first one was about three months into that, that adventure of starting to mountain bike, I lost like 30 pounds. Now, a lot of people are like, well, that's not a bad thing. And it really isn't. But... It's not the way I wanted to look. So I had all the I had legs from biking, but I looked like a Tour de France rider and that my upper body looked like a toothpick and the rest of me was very you know, my legs were fine, but upper body was nothing. Now growing up, my stepfather was always very much into the bodybuilding culture. So if I go to my mom's house still to to this day, there's a gym in the garage. <laughs> And funny enough, I just moved into this house this past weekend and I'm going to make the gym in the garage. <laughs> so I go to my mom's house. I start working out three months into that. I start looking really, you know, my upper body starts to look more like what I want it to look like. But my right shoulder begins to not work anymore. Like literally I would lift it up just 10, 15 degrees before pain would shoot down my arm and I, you know, would just shut my arm off. And it was beginning to affect my sleep. It was beginning to affect my mountain bike riding. And that's when I was like, well, let me go to the doctor and see what's going on here. So I go to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, you know, we'll give you a cortisone shot. You know, in a few days, you'll be fine and everything will be all right. He gives me the cortisone shot. I wait a few days. Pain goes away. So I go back to doing exactly what I was doing before. <laughs> and a few weeks after that, my left shoulder begins to hurt. And I go back to the doctor and I'm like, well, you know, now my left shoulder's hurting. And he's like, okay, we'll give you a cortisone shot for that one. But if you come back, we have to, you know, go in and see what's going on. And that's when I was like, mm, I don't like the sound of going in going to in see what's going on. Because in my mind, once you go in, it's, it's kind of like, a, you know, you get a, a shipment from Amazon in a box. Once you take it out of the box, if you need to return it, it doesn't quite ever go back into the box <laughs> the same way. Right. So that's what I started thinking. I'm like, if they go in, I don't know, I don't know if I'm ever going to work right exactly the same way. So I do what all of us do in a moment like that. And I went to Dr. Google <laughs> and started searching up, like, how am I going to fix my shoulder without surgery? And the, the issue with Dr. Google is that Dr. Google will give you information. Right. It'll give you good information. It'll give you bad information. It'll give you misinformation. And if you don't know what it is you're reading, it's just tons of information. Right. But I, I went down the rabbit hole and I started reading. I didn't know what I was reading about in the beginning, but I just kept going. I did figure out pretty in, in the early going of my research that I was not allowed to push anything anymore which is what I was trying to build. I was trying to build my chest and all the things that have to do with pushing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't push anything overhead. I didn't push anything forward, but I kept working out. I kept writing and I kept working out what I could work out. And eventually I came across an article that put all that information 
into, you know, basically I had the aha moment mm. where the light bulb turned on and I was like, ah, I understand why this happened to me. And now that I understand why it happens, I think I can figure out how to fix it. And the article that came across me that put everything together was written by a coach named Michael Boyle out of the New England area. And the name of that article was called The Joint by Joint Approach to Training, which I'm sure if you Google it, you can still find. <laughs> and basically what that article made me understand was if you want your body to be durable, you don't work out muscle groups. You work your body out for joint integrity. Hmm. And obviously with the pain in my shoulders, they were lacking integrity. Right. So once I figured that out, I started to figure out, well, what's going on that my joint is not you know, having the best integrity. And basically what I had done is because I was working out all what we'll call the vanity muscles, the chest, the abs, the biceps, triceps, and I would work out back, but not as much as I would work out the, the front of my body. What ended up happening is the front of my body was getting stronger and stronger and tighter and tighter and pulling all my muscles forward and down until eventually my clavicle had no more space to go into except mm -hmm. for going into my AC joint, which caused the pain. So what I had to end up doing was strengthening my upper back, stretching my chest until it got back into balance. And then I was able to move my shoulders again <laughs> with no pain. That's awesome. Yeah. So once that happened, I was so enthralled that I was able to figure that out that I started to learn about each and every single joint. And in that journey of learning about the joints and all that, that's when I decided, oh, I can't work for this liquor distributor anymore. I need to go figure out how to help people. And that was my entrance into becoming a personal trainer. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. So I'm going to stop you real quick because there's a couple things that you said so far that has really just stood out to me. And we're going to go, I'll go all the way back to the beginning because I like how you say, there's something that you say and you said it a couple times now is that this is the story. This is yes. a story that you tell yourself. Now, I grew up a military brat. And so I moved around here and there, right? And my parents were separated when I was younger, so I didn't move around as most military brats would. And the story that I told myself was completely different from what you told you had, right? So I was that shy kid. I didn't like to meet the new people. And I fell into that, that group of, why do we have to move again? Now I have to go meet new people and this and that. And I don't know where I got that from, but um, I realized later on in life when I did have this, when I got completely out of school at this point, that that was the most ignorant thing that I could have ever told myself because when I when I got into business and I had to start networking with people, I realized this isn't so bad. Meeting people is not so bad. And my life as a teenager could have been so much more uh, fulfilled if I had really just gone with the direction of, you know, had someone tell me that, you know, that this is awesome. Look at all the people you get to meet. And now I tell, you know, you know, all the kids that I meet who are in the military, that's great. Think about all the people you get to meet and all the places you get to see. And so that really stood out to me. And what you were saying is that there's a story that we tell ourselves or that is being fed to us by other people, right? That kind of builds this this self-image or, or who we believe that we are so that was really cool and i'm glad that you brought that up and so uh the other thing that I, that I like is that you've done a lot of stuff like i i knew there's i knew some things about you i didn't know that you were i knew that you did the salsa thing i knew that how you met your wife i didn't know that you raced mountain bikes and then i actually found out just the other day that um you coached jujitsu. Is that, am I right? Yes, that? that is something new that I've actually, let's say, fallen into because that w my intention was not to teach it because, number one, I'm still a white belt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a white belt. I have four stripes on my white belt, which means I know something, but I'm still a white belt. So, you know, how did I even fall into this is the question. And the way that I fell into it is, my wife and I, my current wife and I, we knew we wanted to move to Colorado Springs. And I've been taking jujitsu now for a little bit over a year. 
And uh, at least this time, because I had taken it before with a friend of mine and I did that one for about a year as well. But I did not really understand the distinction between some of the jujitsu until I went to the school that I started last October. So now we're in November. So it's been official ye over a year that I've been training with that school. And just to satisfy the little bit of ego that I allow my myself to have, I would be a blue belt by now if it wasn't for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Darn that COVID. But that, that slowed everything down, but that's fine. That just means I get to continue to practice the things that I know and get to know them a little bit better. But what ended up happening is because that school that I was going to in Miami, they, they teach jujitsu as more of a philosophy and a lifestyle. Mm not so much as a fighting thing fighting is obviously part of it it's very fundamental to it but right. it's really a a mindset how you tell stories all these things that we've already kind of brought up they teach jujitsu in that way and they lead with teaching jujitsu as a self-defense tool where because of mma the popularity of jujitsu is very high but the popularity of the of MMA jiu-jitsu or what some people call the sport of jiu-jitsu it's it's a it's different in in a few ways and the main way that it's different is that when you are training to compete you are training under a certain set of rules and guidelines mm -hmm. right because you have you have rules and guidelines that you need to you know compete under so you begin to train in that style with those rules and with those guidelines. So that's the sport of jujitsu. Jujitsu as a base for self-defense, number one, I have a question. When you're on the street and somebody wants to fight you, what rule do they need to follow? None. Exactly. <laughs> so, so there's a difference in the fundamentals of some things that you can do like in the sport of jiu-jitsu you're allowed to turn around and give your back because they're not allowed to hit you in the head so you can train for that mm. where in the street if you turn around they're free to kick you in the back of the head right. so there's just that you know there's a fundamental distinction and I would prefer to learn the, the self-defense jiu-jitsu fundamentally and then maybe later on if i wanted to compete i could always learn the rules later but i want my foundation to be that of self-defense so with that said when i came here in february to visit or to colorado springs in february to visit i went to three schools and all of them were teaching the sport of jujitsu mm. and i was like well that sucks that's not what i'm looking for so I went back to my school in Miami and I told them what I found. I'm like, look, I went to a few schools and I'm finding that they're teaching the sport of jiu-jitsu. And I would really like to continue learning jiu-jitsu for self-defense in this form that you guys are teaching. So do you guys know anybody over there? Or do you recommend a school over there? And they're like, well, we know people in Denver, but we don't really know anybody in Colorado Springs. So they're like, if you want to continue, this is what we suggest for you. And they're like, go to Colorado Springs when you move find one student teach that one student what you've been learning which are called the fighting foundations mm -hmm. and if you're doing that when you come back here in december because i'm going to go back to visit family and all that when you come back in december we'll test you for your blue belt and you should do fine because you're teaching it <laughs> right so you really have to understand it right and once you do that you can go back to Colorado Springs and we'll let you open up uh, an official Valente Brothers study group. So not a school, but a study group where, you know, you'll have our backing and, you know, we'll do what we can to to help get the word out for you. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been doing. So I came back here. I found one student, you know, that one student told somebody else and the other person told somebody else and somebody else. And, and it's little by little, it's been, you know, the seeds are starting to sh show a little bit of of flowering right so you with this and that's just so inspirational i think a lot of people will find that inspirational in in a couple of things that you do the mountain biking and this you just kind of attack it don't you you don't there's there's nothing that really says um actually i'll 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 say this and you could probably correct me but it's, when people talk about that they always the outsiders looking in go flip has no fear there's nothing that that man fears because he just goes after it the way he goes after it. So tell me about that. When you, especially with 
with uh, the jujitsu aspect, did you have a little bit of hesitation or fear in doing that? Because you're like, I don't necessarily know that I'm up to par or, or what did that look like for you? I wouldn't say that because it's not that I don't have fear, but I think my biggest fear is, is ending up like lazy or procrastinating. Those are my fears. Those are the things that I don't want to fall into. Right. Now, when it comes to the jujitsu, being that, you know, I'm fairly new at it, I do feel that I don't want to say that I don't have the experience to teach because I'm a holistic health coach. All I do every day is teach people about breathing and movement and all these types of things, which are the same things they teach in jujitsu. So now it's just applying the same things, the same style that I teach into this new thing that at, no matter what, I'm very passionate about it. I really like the instant I went and walked into that school in Miami, I literally fell in love. Right. And I was like, this, I want, I don't want to ever stop doing this. Mm -hmm. So all I need to do, and it's kind of like that movie, and maybe this is a bad analogy, but you remember the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio where he was the con man? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, Catch uh, Me If You Can or whatever. Can, right? yeah. And he's got that scene where he's the, the professor. Right. And, you know, right. and he's teaching the kids, or uh, even though he has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. So I'm not saying I don't have any idea. But when they asked him later on in life, like, how did you do that? He's like, all I need to do is know a little bit more than the people that I'm teaching. Right. So what he would do every night is read the textbook and take notes. And then you that's it. You have a lesson plan. So that's basically what I do. I sit there and I watch jujitsu videos and I break down the moves and break it down into pieces so that when I teach it, it's like, okay, this is the first thing we're doing is A and then A translates into B, which goes into C until you have the whole move down. And I think having my, you know, being a holistic coach and really understanding movement, the joint by joint approach and all these things, mm -hmm. having that as my foundation really gives me a bit of a, of, of an advantage and not feeling like, oh, well, I'm just a beginner at this and I'm nobody to teach anybody. I don't think that at all. Right. I think I don't think I should be teaching anybody above me. <laughs> but if right. you're if you're just getting started like me, I think we're good. And actually, it might be even better because we're not that far from each other. So I really know what it's like to learn the new thing. And it's like, okay, this is what I just learned. And now I can teach it to you. And I, th well, I think that's true in any coaching aspect, right? So just me being a life or mindset coach or whatever, whatever label you want to put on it, you know, my journey was is only goes back so far, right? And there's still so much more for me to learn. So I mean, I can learn so much more for you and, and from you and then all these other people that I hang out with. You know, I try to be the lowest man on the totem pole at that aspect because I'm still as an individual trying to grow as well. But it doesn't mean that I don't have experience to pass on to others who were in the same position where I was a year ago or two years ago. And so uh, I think that's an important aspect is, you know, we as, as people are always trying to expand ourselves. Well, we should. I should say we should. Not everybody does. Yeah, Not yeah. everybody does. But mm -hmm. I think if you really looked at it, if everybody would look inside themselves, they would they would see and they would find this yearning as an individual trying to expand, trying to grow. So I, I feel like a lot of people, especially adults, are going back to school or they're trying to find something to expand in their job or expand whatever. However it looks like, I, I feel like we all try to expand and and as you do that i think it's important that we do pass on what we're learning as we go to other people to bring them with us and i think that so i really admire the fact that that's really their approach that you're doing it's just that's amazing that you're saying hey look this is where i'm at let's just make this happen because you're, you're taking this love that you have that doesn't exist in the springs in colorado springs and saying i'm, I'm going to share this love with you and that's it's just that's phenomenal so i mean thumbs up for that that's awesome Thank you for pointing that out. I appreciate it. But it really is what you're saying, you know, and I, I really didn't even put it in that wording like you said, but I guess when you really have a care and a love for something, what else do you need? <laughs> right. Oh, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's too, I always say when I'm sitting down with, with people and I was just talking to someone yesterday about this is um, we're, we're trying to find out 
your purpose in life. And I think some, to some people, that's the hardest thing. It's like, I don't know what my purpose is. I've been told I should go to school for this or, or do that because, you know, let's go to tech community because tech will always have great jobs going around. And well, sure, but do you love it? Yeah. Uh, because if not, you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. And, and that passion that you can do anything that you love and people will be drawn to that, that, that passion that you have to it for it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if that was what led you, but that I can, I can hear that as, as you're talking and telling your story, I can definitely hear that within your story. So I think that's pretty awesome. Well, part of what helped me is that these guys in Miami who have been doing jujitsu literally since they were born, mm -hmm. they were born into that. They trust me. <laughs> They're like, we think you can do it. So go do it. <laughs> So and, if they trust me they and they do? have the experience, then yeah. why, why should I doubt myself at that point? Yeah. But then that's another important aspect too. And that's something that I feel that you'll probably pass on to whatever students or, or clients or whatever that looks like for you too, is when people have faith in you, sometimes you have to borrow that faith. You have to say, yeah, okay, cool. I can do this. If, if this person who has all this experience has faith in me, then absolutely I can do it. And then when you start going through the process and, and taking those steps and you're like, heck yeah, man, I really can do this. This is awesome. So, I mean, there's, there's tons of things that when I first started getting into coaching, I have mentors that they flat out told me, he's like, you're going to have to borrow my belief, my faith in you for a while, because, you know, whatever programming you have in your mind or whatever limitations you have in, in your self image eventually you're going to overcome that but you know people are always so scared to take that first step and so when you do that when you're when you feel that fear borrow the faith that someone else has in you and that and another is another reason why i find it so important to hang out to be that lower person on the totem pole because those people are like they can see where you are because they were there and say i was in that position you can do it i was there too you can do it and so taking that first step when you have that type of that type of backing is it makes it so much easier i needed to take a time out to give a quick shout out to my friends and sponsor tabala cuisine if you're a local to the colorado springs area i would strongly suggest to go to their website at tabalacuisine.com Find out their next location and rush over to put your taste buds in a state of bliss. The food is amazing. And truly, there really is no better way to prepare yourself for flipping your mindset than to get into a positive space with good friends and good food. So go see my good friends Jasper Axelrad and the crew at Tabala Cuisine today. You'll be happy that you did. I even I wrote it down. Borrow the faith that someone has in you. That's a good one. Thanks for putting that one out there. <laughs> I wish I wish that was mine. That was actually like I said, told to me a lot. And but it's it's so true. And I love it. And I live by that daily. You know, whenever I feel like I can't get through something that I'm going through today, I just reach out to, to whoever I feel is a mentor and then and I borrow their faith in me. So it's it's good just to have those people. Awesome. That's yeah. I'm gonna use that one. I'm gonna borrow that one from you too. So from <laughs> from whoever it came from, thanks and uh, thank you for sharing it. <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. So let's talk a little bit more about your. Um, so then, so you have the jujitsu, and then so let's talk more about your, the holistic aspect because I think we've touched on it, but there, I feel like there's probably more involved with that, right? <laughs> Well, the thing is, we're dynamic beings. Right. We are not static. And with that, the, when somebody comes to me and, you know, they're like, oh, I, I, I need your help or can you help me? The very first thing that I do when I bring in new clients or onboarding new clients is that we, we do assessments, right? Because you can go to 
whatever gym and just let me explain a few things before that even but you know i became a personal trainer first then i got a nutrition certification and then i went to the university of miami and got a sports coaching certification and worked with athletes and did all that type of stuff then i got a financial consulting certification and then i got my holistic life coaching certification and so those are the things that have all come together mm-hmm. to make the system that I use with people now. Now, 10 years ago, when I was just a beginning personal trainer, you know, if you would have come to me, I would have just been like, oh, well, let's, you know, throw you in under the squat rack or deadlift, or I would have just, you know, like, let's throw things to the wall and see what, what, what sticks. sticks. Right. Where now I really don't take that approach so much at all. Not that there's not an aspect of some of that where you just got to see, let's, let's experiment and see what gives us the most efficient result but at least i i have a toolbox now of all right let's use this tool here where before like they said i only had one or two tools and it's like well these are the only ones i have to use so i'm going <laughs> to just use them so now when somebody comes to me the very first assessment i do on them is a breathing assessment and it's like why breathing and the way that i put it is you know say that you wanted to build a house you know you have to build a house on a good foundation they always say this right Mm -hmm. but that foundation needs to go on top of earth so what happens if you build a house with a great foundation on a part of earth that is prone to mudslides Slide. (laughs) even with the good foundation foundation is going to slide right with it yeah so the seed or the story like we were saying earlier that i like to plant in people's head is that their breath is the earth that you are building your foundation on and if the breath is not working the way it should then there's no point in even building a house on top of it So now I would not throw people under the squat rack or the deadlift or it's like, no, no, let's see how you're breathing Mm -hmm. because there's different styles of breathing and those styles are distinct and that one style creates one form of a hormonal cascade where the other style creates a distinct form of a hormonal cascade. So which one are you falling under? And if you're falling under the one that's more fight, flight or freeze, we need to figure out how to fix that because you don't want to walk around your whole life in a constant state of thinking that you need to fight fight or flee or freeze Mm -hmm. because what you're not doing then is you're not doing the other type of breathing with it which is rest recovering and digesting Mm -hmm. and how many times do we hear now about the gut microbiome and people's digestion being screwed up and part of it is because they're just in a constant state of breathing like they're about to you know undergo some sort of attack Right. So let's bring some awareness to that and see what we can do to just change that simple little thing. And just from there, we can already start to get a change because now you're going to start sending a different signal to the brain just with that one switch of breath. Then after that, we can get into a movement assessment. So we'll see how you move. And the way I like to phrase movement assessment is that a movement assessment is the autobiography of how you are moving. You know, what is your movement saying about, you know, your life and how you move? Are your hips tight or does your back hurt? Does your shoulder hurt? What's going on? And let's find out these things because once we find them out, we can then apply the joint by joint approach rules to your movement to get you moving as good as possible. And the same thing with the flexibility assessment. So between the movement assessment and the flexibility assessment, we now have the puzzle pieces that we need told to us by the body itself. You know, we didn't guess these things. We went through these assessments, the body told us, okay, these are the pieces that we need to work with to to put the puzzle together. And once we have all those pieces out, in the open and of course there's also emotional things and spiritual things that we add into that because the emotional and the spiritual i think are the foundations of the stories that we tell ourselves (laughs) so you know what how is your emotionality and your spirituality playing into all of these things and then we have the full puzzle piece on the table and then i can turn to the client and be like are you willing to go through the journey to put this puzzle together because it will be a journey yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't like to i don't want to 
I'm not the type that's going to tell people, oh, in, in 10 days, you're going to lose this. No, no, no. If you want to do this right <laughs> and you want it to stick, we got to go through the journey. And journeys are full of ups and downs and lefts and rights. But that's the truth of the matter. Yeah. And I try to lead with transparency that way. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. The journey. And the journey is everything. Like... Who wants to get to a destination without the journey? Like the, this, I know a lot of people like to go on, 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 this may be a stupid analogy, I don't know, but a lot of people like to, to take airplanes because we you know we live in this microwave society type place. Like we just want to get to where we're going quickly. Yeah. But I love going on road trips because you get to see so, so much stuff and there's so much beauty out there, you know, where we're at. And so take your time, find the journey. And yes, you'll hit those those rainstorms that make it suck to drive. But once that sun comes out or the sun's kind of over the horizon and a lot of people don't like Kansas, but when you go through that flatland and you see that sun come up and all that gold and everything is happening, it's just, it's gorgeous. And in Kentucky, there's... <laughs> You know, in the morning time, there's this mist that happens in, in over the ground that is, it's eerie yet beautiful. And you would never know that if you didn't go through the journey and find those places. And so the, the journey is just an amazing aspect. And then when you get to your end result, right, when you find you hit that sea level goal, your, your body and your soul and your spirit and health is every right where it wants to be. You look back and you go, damn, that was an, that was an amazing ride. Yeah. And then at that point, it's not over. You get to keep uh, you get to keep riding in whatever direction you want, but with a strong mind, with a strong body, you're way more decisive about the journey that you're going to take. Now, right. you still can't control what the journey is going to throw at you, but you know, like this weekend in the move that I had into our home. Now, if it wasn't that I exercised, I would have been. It would have it would have been horrible, but because right. I exercise, you know, it's like oh, here's here's me, with the ability to rise to another physical challenge and mental challenge of, you know, let's get this, move this, let's move that, let's move over here, move over there. I was exhausted, but the good thing about being that type of tired is you sleep really good, right? right. <laughs> and sleep, if I can put one thing out there for people, sleep is the lowest hanging fruit you can pick to optimize your health. That's that's interesting because a lot of people don't. I'm one of those. I'm one of those people. I feel like I have to cram so much stuff within a 24-hour period as much as I can. There's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, right? So I'm like, I got to make sure I get this, get this, and I don't necessarily save save space for myself. And there are times, and this, and I always tell myself this too, when my body is like, I'm done. And I don't care what alarm goes off, I sleep through it or yeah. whatever happens is because my body's saying, hey, yeah. hey I, need a, I need a break. I, I need a break. Well, it's not even the break. It's you rebuild yourself mm -hmm. when you sleep. That is when all the information that you gave your body that day comes together to create whatever you're going to be tomorrow. Right. <laughs> and if you're not sleeping... You can't do that. And that's where stress is such a problem. And, you know, I'm, this is going to sound a little different, but I'm so sick and tired of reading research that says exercise is good for you <laughs> because it's boring. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I get it. But, and although we know this intuitively, we still have this issue. And to your point, and thank you for sharing, you know, for being honest with us, but you're saying you're having issues with sleep. You tell me when the last time you felt bad after a good night's sleep. Mm, yeah, no, never. Never. And when you feel good, you're more efficient. Yeah. You get more work done. Yeah. So people think it's, it's counterintuitive, but literally if you sleep more, you will get more done because you feel fresher. You feel you have more. And if there's one thing I don't do, it's fight sleep. If I need to take a nap, I will pull over on the side of the road and take a 15 minute nap if I have to, because fighting sleep, it just makes you feel like garbage. It just mm -hmm. makes you feel bad. And what kind of work are you going to do? What, how are you going to show up 
if that's how you're feeling. Right. Yeah. So if I'm telling you, if I can put out one thing, let's figure out how to sleep better. I appreciate. I'm going to take that into account, and I'm going to make myself stop. And then yeah, because you're right. I don't think that I've ever woken up after a really good. And really, when my when I do get to that point where I just feel like I just slept all day because I've been going for weeks, I'm ready to go full force again. So it's definitely an important thing. And then another, while you were talking, just brought back. Someone told me, you know, because I'm going, and a lot of us are going through things that. You know, I, I've started this, this mindset program and I have a, a web design business and I have all these things that are going on. And someone said something the other day that really stood out to me is that if you're if your body, I, I guess, let me backtrack. I told him that I felt like my body is having a hard time catching up with everything that I wanted to do. And he says, because you're not taking care of your body. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is that sleep, right? Because if, if I'm exhausted, it, I'm exhausted emotionally in, in all aspects. Yeah. And so that's why my body is, is, you know, connecting the dots. That's probably why my body is feeling like it's having such a hard time keeping up with what I'm asking for it to do is because I haven't taken care of it. I haven't given the rest it's, it needs to, to run at a hundred percent. For sure. And if you continue to do that, it will have a compounding effect. <laughs> in a way that you're is probably going to make you very uncomfortable (laughs) right Right. so when you make these choices you can compound towards what makes a better version of you or you can compound towards a version of what makes a more difficult version of the life experience right what else do you have for me flip it's all right so we got we got through all the things, the assessments, and now I live here in Colorado Springs. So I can tell you a little bit about just the the difficulty, you know, number one, COVID. COVID's been very difficult for people in my industry because they closed down gyms, they closed down wellness centers, they closed down all these places. And slowly they've been opening up, but they've also not been opening up to the same capacity. So it's been my five-year plan, my wife and I, it's been our five-year plan to move here to Colorado Springs. And we did it. We've accomplished it. We have a home. We had all that stuff planned. But now we didn't expect that all of that was going to come with a pandemic and the, the financial stress that, yeah, we had all this ready. But now that we're making less because of all these things, it's like... All right, how are we going to maintain this and how are we going to continue to 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 figure out how we're going to manifest the dreams we have for ourselves. So we've made it this far and we're not going to quit and I know that uh having a bad attitude is not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So uh we just got to keep on plugging forward and we'll see what happens, you know. Tomorrow supposedly they're going to announce that they're going to be shutting things down to level whatever they're shutting them down to. But uh, we live in an interesting moment. But during this moment, I keep asking myself, why is this happening for me and mm-hmm. for us as humans? Yeah. I had a conversation about that, too. And I do with my kids a lot because, you know, they're, they, they're, they do school from home constantly. They had their option of being half in school or half out of school. And I just they just chose to make it easier on everybody and just and go from from home and their their whole outlook is just you know and anywhere you look in social media or whatever is 2020 sucks 2020 2020 and it's so terrible it's so bad and like yeah i mean there's sure the pandemic is not no joke right i'm not going to downplay that by any any stretch of the imagination and a lot of other things that are going on in the world i'm not going to downplay that either but what is what has it done for us what has it done for and and i have to with my kids it's on a kind of different level right it's so you know when you were going to school you used to complain all the time about having to get up at five o'clock in the morning get ready now you can get up and just roll out of bed and and do whatever so look 
COVID has pretty much taken something that you wish for and has given it to you. Yeah. And it, you know, so let's, what else is it doing for you? And think about the strength that people are, are, are coming out of this. Businesses are revamping how they do things and becoming stronger as an organization because they're adapting to what COVID has put in front of them. I wouldn't say all businesses, but yeah. a lot of them are. So there's definitely some interesting aspects coming from this that are on a positive note and not necessarily the negative aspect. Mm-hmm. And with myself, if it wasn't for being, you know, stuck in my house all the time, I wouldn't have have read the amount of books that I've read and, and written books and written chapters for books and developed a mindset. You know, all that stuff happened because of the position that I was put in. But I think in, in what I'm hearing from you is like, how can I make, take that and how can I make it work for me and yeah. not just sit on the couch and say, woe is me and woe is my life. Yeah. Because then that is what it is. Woe is your life. Is that yeah. the type of life you want? A woe one <laughs> or a wow one. <laughs> oh, I, I like, Oh, where can I write that one? <laughs> uh-huh. I'm taking that one from you. Take it, taking, take it, I'm taking it. We need more. Wow. In we our do. lives. It's, it's true. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I'm coming up on, um, try to keep this at an hour and i know i don't know if scott did this with you when you were at, or patrick because we have this thing called pod decks right where we ask some random questions okay yeah he was telling me about it yeah it's just fun fun stuff yeah so i try to to end my episode um you know we talk about some serious stuff and and i think hand out a lot of really good information you've you've given to listeners about you know uh, holistic approach but so now let's just lighten it up a little bit yeah. And so I'm going to just pick some random cards from this and just ask some questions and we'll answer them. Um, so first random question flip is what happened on your worst date? Worst date. <laughs> it's a, that's not a, that's very, <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's rated R for sure. <laughs> can you, uh, can you, um, make it rated PG 13? I mean, not that one. No, not really. <laughs> not at no. all. No, not that, that if I'm going to talk about the worst one, but yeah, I can tell a story though. I can tell a story that had to do with mountain biking on a date. Okay. It's not the worst date, but, uh, there's when I was single during my few years there of being single, um, down in South Florida, you know, there's a ton of attractive women because we have so much influx of Colombia, Venezuela, Cuba, Dominican, Russians, Eastern, like we have so much variety. And I ended up going out on a date with a Colombian girl. And that's when I was doing my mountain bike racing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's telling me about her and she asked me like, oh, well, tell me more about you. And I start talking about, you know, mountain biking. And obviously I had a lot to say about it because that's really all I was doing aside from working and biking were the two things I was doing in my whole life. So at the end of me explaining, you know, how much I love biking, she's like, man, you really do like biking a lot. Mm-hmm. She's like, what about it do you like? And I turned to her and I'm like, you know, mountain biking is like having sex with the earth because you have to get your hips into it and you're like and she's just looking at me like uh while i'm writhing around in the air (laughs) talking about how mountain biking is like having sex with the earth (laughs) that's awesome Mm -hmm. so that's not a bad that's not bad yeah but it's funny (laughs) it's a good analogy it's a good story i don't and i haven't really had a, a lot of bad dates i think if I had to go back to one, it would be, I mean, and it was stupid. It was just, I locked my, you know, back in the days, you didn't have cars that didn't, that could recognize that your keys weren't in them oh. when you hit the lock button. So, <laughs> and uh, so I was on a date and we went to the movies and the movie was great. Everything was fine. Then I realized that when we got out of it, my keys were locked in the car. And so we spent, and it was a late movie. So it was, you know locksmiths were closed you had to get a 24-hour mm-hmm. one yeah they didn't show up you know on time so we were there for probably about two and a half hours three hours waiting for a locksmith to let me in the car oh so that would have been my worst date mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so another random one let's go let's see <clears throat> all right if you could look through one person's email without them knowing whose email would you look through 
Hmm, that's a good question. Wow. I'm going to say, the th does it have to be somebody who's alive right now? <laughs> it doesn't. I, like, because it, it can be a historical figure that if they had an email now. <laughs> yeah, why not? Okay, I would say Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> if he had an email, I want to see what's in his email. <laughs> That's a good one. See, I like that. You're thinking out of the box. I wasn't going there. <laughs> well, he's the, he's the person that I would want to talk to, dead or alive. Like, if there's one person I can talk to, I would want to talk to Leonardo da Vinci. Why, why is that? Because I felt that he was really so adept at being able to pick up whatever and, you know, excel at it. <laughs> right. Okay. And I wish I had that ability. <laughs> yeah. Huh, or more of that ability. I don't want to say that, that I don't have it at all, but more, more of that right. ability. Um, man, I don't know. Like, I, I honestly have no, like, I could get political. I could get, mm -hmm. you know, because there's all that stuff that's going around about, you know, Trump and Hillary and everybody. Like, yeah, you, emails. <laughs> do I, I want to look at that and put, a, put that to a rest? And I, maybe, I don't know. But maybe I, I just go for, Huh. I think maybe I would go for like what maybe clients would talk about me, <laughs> you know, like because some may be like, oh yeah, this is great, but then maybe not so much yeah. in the end. And so, because I always feel like I'm transparent with people, and maybe they're just not transparent with me. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess I'll go there. That's that's about the only thing I can think of. Not quite as as cool as Leonardo da Vinci, but um, that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> oh, so how much would someone have to pay you to eat a live spider? They probably wouldn't have to pay me much. <laughs> I I have been for several years on the bandwagon that we should be eating more insects because. When you, the thing is, again, coming back full circle, everything is about the story you tell yourself about a thing. Right. But insects, their actual nutritional profile is very high, and they uh, they are a much they are much better at being a renewable resource than some of the other things that we eat. Like mm. insects replicate quickly; they're a full protein source, <laughs> and you know, like I've eaten crickets before, and so. I'd probably throw down a spider, but if somebody wanted to give me three million dollars, I'd take it. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't turn it down. I yeah, I'm like you. I, I probably wouldn't phase me much, and mm -hmm. I don't know that it, really it wouldn't have to take much. But really, I think I'd ask, well, how much are you willing to give? Because yeah. let's mm -hmm. let's let's bargain here and see see what we can do. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think that it would. Eating a spider wouldn't really. I had, <clears throat> I had chocolate covered grass grasshoppers. So mm -hmm. I was in band too in middle school, and our middle school band teacher brought in chocolate covered grasshoppers and said, you know, I'll give somebody extra credit who will ever eat it. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. I'm not, I'm not scared. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else for shock value, but I'll do it. Mm -hmm. So, well, cool, man. That was my three questions. And, you know, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is great. I think you just, I knew it was going to be a great conversation just because, you know, we talk outside of this and I've listened to you talk in other people's lives and podcasts and just, you're just a fascinating person. So thank you so much for coming on and, and uh, sharing your wisdom with, with all of us. Well, thank you. I appreciate your kind words and yeah, let's keep the discussions and conversations flowing onward. Definitely, definitely. Do you have any, um, do you want to give out how people can talk? Yes, you? for sure. If you wanted to find me, my website is sweatnation.world and there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. There's my packages, there's jujitsu, there's uh, my podcast because I also do a podcast. My podcast is called Wait and it's spelled W-E-Y-T and I'm sure we're going to have Garrett on there soon, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. all right so remember it's w-e-y-t and it's on youtube it's weight show on instagram it's weight show on facebook it's weight show so it's again w-e-y-t and show and that should pop up wherever you know you're looking for it and as for my personal on facebook i'm flip aguilera on instagram i'm at flip awesome aguilera i'm very easy to find and i love to discuss and chat now before 
we go. I have two things that I'm trying to begin here in the Colorado Springs community. And if anybody out there is interested in going to these two things, one of them is I'm deciding to start a philosophy discussion group that is going to begin in the first week of 2021 where we get to discuss, you know, just philosophical topics. And the first topic is going to be when did philosophy even begin? And we're going to start way back in the Egyptian and, you know, the, the Vedic times of the, the Indians, because those are the first people who actually started writing things down. And in my perspective, you can't really, not that you can't philosophize, but we can begin to break things down once somebody writes it down because there's a record of it. Right. So that's one thing. The other group that I'm starting here in Colorado Springs is a group called Axen, and that's spelled A-X-E-N, and it's a play of wor on words of action and zen mm -hmm. coming together. And that is uh, what we like to call a get things done type of group, where, you know, you, we, you write down your goals, you pick one, and we just brainstorm how to get you closer to that goal. So those are things that I have hopefully coming in the future here. We just don't know if they're going to re-shut us down or what's going on, so... We'll just have to keep rolling. We just need to keep flowing like the water, like Bruce Lee said. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'll, I'll put links uh, to all those, everything that you said, I'll put them in the the um, description of the of the podcast so people can access that awesome. easily and not have to go, wait, what did he say? And go yeah. back. So we'll do that. And I am actually a part of both of those two groups that you just said in, in uh, uh the last part of that and um so far some good some good reads like I, i'm i'm enjoying it so i'm really looking forward to getting out there um so with that man it's that our time has come to an end and we will keep the discussions flowing and we will flow like water like bruce she said bruce lee said so uh um again thank you so much for being on here and we will connect soon all right enjoy the rest of the day everybody peace peace Thanks for listening. If you found value in this episode, the best thing you could do is to please subscribe, rate, or review this podcast. If you'd like to further investigate how you can flip your mindset, feel free to contact me through my website at www.garrettgoggins.com. I can't wait to catch you on the next episode.